how to become a VP of marketing. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning. And if you want to grab my daily B2B marketing newsletter, try out my SEO and website playbooks, as well as past podcast episodes, or to apply with to work with my team, head over to samdunning.org. So join me today. I've got Gwen Lafarge. Gwen is the VP of Marketing and Brand over at Cinch. We're going to be talking about how you can progress the marketing ladder, become a VP of marketing. We're going to be chatting about if it's for everyone, if it's a good match for everyone in the marketing world, what a day-to-day looks like, steps that you can actually take to progress yourself, eventually become a VP of marketing, if you decide that's the route you want to go. We're going to dive into a bit of Gwen's journey with actionable takes, what to do, what to avoid, learnings along the way. And we're going to talk about what's actually working for Gwen and her team over at Cinch when it comes to driving B2B revenue and pipeline. So with that, Gwen, a warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Looking forward to it. It's a bit of an unusual episode for us, so I'm excited to get stuck in. So with that said, let's get straight into it. VP of Marketing, is it, I'm sure there's a ton of marketers watching, tuning, listening, thinking eventually I'd love to I'd love to get to that level one day Gwen but is it for everyone is it a position you, you encourage every marketer to, to aim for no I think the, the answer is definitely no I think it it really depends I think you have to want want it right like you have to want to be at that at that level um, and I think the role also looks very different for smaller companies and larger companies right and i think mm. it's also okay to not want to to climb the ladder right i think we are um we are pushed i guess early on or like at the beginning of a career to always want to thrive for what's next right and grow and and take the next step up um mm. i think as you go older you also realize that maybe not and maybe not everybody needs to get there you might own like a strong expertise and not want to get to that VP level when there's a lot of a lot of meeting and a lot of management of teams involved. Let's dive into that a bit more. So we, the, I'm, I'm glad you said no, because that would have been a, a short episode if we just said <laughs> yes to everything. Um, <laughs> so it's not for everyone. Let's, let's dive a bit deeper. I mean, what, what is it, is it, what, what does a kind of a day to day look like? What are some things that are good? What are some things that are bad? Let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. So like I mentioned, right, I think it looks a bit different uh, depending on the size of company you are in VP, VP sure. in. but I think no matter um, what, I think you get to a stage where um, it implies that you have a team to manage. It implies that you have peers that are also VP or, or even a leadership team. I think some VP of marketing in smaller companies can be that the higher level um, marketer in the company, which mm. means that their peers are in sales, in customer success. Um, they report into the CEO. But um, it's not my case, right? I report to a CMO and we have several other VPs of marketing in, in the team. Um, okay. But we all have a team to manage. We all spend a lot of times in meeting and um, uh, having a team to manage is something that not everyone wants, right? Like it's, um, 
not an end goal at such. And some people love managing people and some people don't. Some A lot of marketers um, want to, I guess, own their craft or own one part of marketing that they are becoming expert in, um, which mean that you want to do the work maybe more than when you climb up and then have a team that does more of the day-to-day maybe work than than you do. So it becomes a different role. And I think it's wrong to think that you have to just climb, right? You might want to just own that craft uh, and become an excellent performance marketer, an excellent like content marketer, a senior content marketer, and only do that because you love content and you don't want to like spend your day looking at the data in the spreadsheet and doing one-on-ones with people and attending <laughs> meetings all day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And fully appreciate you're you're from a large scale organization, right? And yep. I'm pretty sure Cinch have IPO'd and they're a large scale tech company, right? So we're not talking about a small SaaS or a startup B2B service yeah, company. Exactly. Cinch is like on the stock exchange in Stockholm. Um and we we have a uh, it's a company of 4,000 people and marketing about maybe 150 plus people. So we have definitely a large marketing team with several VPs on LinkedIn uh, supporting different teams. So my team is is a brand and creative and content team. Um, And there is other VP of marketing that are VP of product marketing, VP of like digital. Um, There's head of marketing in the region. So those are my, my peers and we all own one part of them of the, the marketing department, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And I think this is a great example because a lot of marketers will aspire. Some, like you say, would like to specialize, perhaps don't like the idea of eventually managing people, maybe just want to focus on it, whereas others will be on the other end of the spectrum where I think this sounds awesome, would love to get to that exec, that VP level, and perhaps work in a, a large-scale org just like yourself. So when you say it goes from kind of more hands-on to more working with your team, management, that kind of thing, to... To give us to paint the picture, what would you say is like a, a day-to-day split in terms of what what does it look like? Is it is it a lot of kind of calls with your peers? Is there any customer calls? Is there a hands-on projects, checking dashboards? I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, again, I think it varies what what your teams is made of, right? What kind of expertise you you have to manage. Um mm-hmm. uh, but I will say that and also how many direct reports you have, right? Like obviously. The more direct reports, the more kind of like one wants um, you do. I I like um, working very closely with with my team, so I have one on ones with with my direct reports every week, and then we also have like team meetings. Um, and then I I think like that, uh, and then I'm part of some specific projects. I will say maybe sixty percent of the work um, is more towards kind of management and meeting with peers and other uh, people in the team and then 40% and more ends on on certain specific project. I think there's a part of it that is more uh, marketing strategy or like because I lead the brand team like brand strategy that I will do kind of myself preparing decks for either my peers or uh, my managers. Um, and then so there's a strategic part, there's the management part, and then there's more the deep dive into specific project when you get brought in. Um, mm. And the larger the organization, I think the larger, the, the more meetings you get. I think that's still something that we all trying to solve um, post-pandemic, right? Like how do we 
manage the amount of meeting, but I think that's definitely something that is um, that can be quite challenging to kind of um, secure time for deeper work um, versus like all the meetings. I think one essential thing when you become um, a VP of marketing is the needs to understand the business. So right. it's like it goes beyond just like understanding your craft and what you have to do for that specific project, but having a better overview and a better understanding of what the business does, how the business makes money, what is expected from your boss, what is expected for his team, um, so that you understand what what are the challenges or what expectation on, on yourself and your team, right? It kind of like case get downed, but I think you have to kind of have that overview and understanding of what's happening elsewhere than in your team and it'll be self-centered and on just your your job right what you have to deliver but have that overarching visibility on on the rest and i mean i've been also um because i managed like the brand and creative team and content people i obviously like have good visibility on that and my peers might be looking to other part of the business. When you become like a CMO, I think you, especially as a large organization like like ours, I think um, we joke that you do more of the chiefing than the marketing. Um, right. so, in the, so I think it's it's kind of a, a truth as you, you grow in your career that maybe you do less of the craft and more of the management of it. Got it. I like something you said just then, Gwen. You said you need an overall understanding of the business, mm-hmm. not just to focus selfishly on maybe your tasks for the day, for the week, for the month. Tell us a bit more about how aspiring marketers can put that into play and what they should be considering or actually doing. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of like self-learning, right? And like making sure that you don't um, only focus on what you have to deliver. So like, learn the product um obviously again as a large company we have a large portfolio but having a really clear understanding of what all the product does also read like the annual reports get yourself into the numbers understand like what's um what what's happening when there's like quarterly reviews attend all of those kind of company meetings to really have an understanding of how the business is doing what are the metrics that matters like um what growth look like for the company what are the challenges that the company faces and also learn the people dynamics i think that's a really important part on like um what are like the who is managing what right like what does like um what are the you know the the collaboration that are going on and like who is pulling what strength you know like i think there is definitely um a level of i don't like that word but politics in a way involved right it's more understanding people dynamics in a way of like um who is in charge of what and how they work together i think that's important if you want to kind of know how to place yourself and network. So I think understanding the business for me is like understanding the product, the market, the competitors, uh, the financials and the people in the organization. Mm. Got it. And would you say it's a very stressful role? 
like I can say from my standpoint, running a small business is very stressful at times. There's a lot of lot of things to consider, whether that's the marketing side of things, driving new clients, making sure projects are delivered, marketing yeah. ourselves, just to name a few. I'd imagine there's quite a few things yourself with managing a team, hitting yeah. targets. I don't know if you're you're certain tied to revenue numbers as well yourself, but I'd be interested to learn a bit more there. Yeah, I think it is a stressful role. Um, it might vary from one person to another. Um, I, I'm a, I will say maybe a stressed person. <laughs> like I, I tend to be um, anxious, so I think I'll say maybe all the roles I had in my career were in a way stressful roles, <laughs> because and I think you you make them that way yourself, right? I think the it's how you interpret it, right? Like you you generate the stress, I think, a bit yourself. But yeah, in a way, it is a bit of a stressful role because there's a lot of to juggles, right? And it's trying to find, define priorities. You have to take some risk. You have to make some decisions. Um, you can not rely on, on other people to make the, all the decisions for you. You have to feel responsible for a team and their well-being and their growth. And so I think all of those parts can be stressful. Um, I think we've been through a lot of changes and managing change is also something that could be quite stressful because mm. you, well, you receive it, right? Like you have to kind of be a part of it. But as a, if you're a VP or if you're a certain level of a career, you also need to be there to drive it, right? So it's kind of understanding what's up happening in the company and um, take that on and drive it for your team. So you need to be a not just feel like it's happening to you, but like you need to to um, to be to take the the wheels right, like and and have uh, an understanding of where the company want to go, where your boss or your CEO wants to go, and help make those changes. And that can be quite stressful too because you in charge of those decisions. Mm. In your role, is it? how closely tied to revenue are you Gwen and when I say that to give you more context like I suppose the point I'm getting at is one how close closely tied is your role to revenue and secondly how can we zoom out of that if you are in the sense that let's say you've got x as a target I don't know several million for the quarter then how can you make sure that you're thinking well I know I've got three months to hit this I don't need to go super crazy on day one but I need to bear in mind we've got either a quarter or two quarters to hit that so I need to make sure that my team's doing xyz steadily over the next months to to make that happen yeah so I think um overall in the marketing team is very close to revenue right like and I think it's very tied to revenue numbers the way we are structured I think some part of the marketing team are closer like the team in the region or we call them regional or field teams they work directly with sales teams on the ground um, because I am at the global level mm. and I also manage a team of, of creative and brand campaign and we involve in certain um, integrated campaign with the rest of the regional teams but we're a little less tied to revenue than some of the rest of the marketing team, right? Less than the digital team that have like very strong performance number on the PLG side and less than the regional team that are really tied to um, the sales laid motions on the ground. But we still contribute. And as you know, with brand, it's a little little bit harder to kind of measure, especially on the short term. Um, So our our goals and KPIs are less on the short term metrics. but I think we look at how we influence um, 
the revenue and how our campaigns have an impact on the overall other campaign that are done in the in the marketing team, right? Like how do we move the needle from a brand awareness? We do a lot of consolidation work. So it's also how we enable the teams to to drive more revenue. Don't know if that fully answered the question, but yeah, we're a little less a little less closer to it, I think, than like some of the other teams in marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. Now I've grilled you quite a lot on some of the stresses, the negative side of things, but what are the what are the main perks in a role like yours? What are the what are the pros? What are the advantages? Yeah, um, I mean, I I really enjoy working with the team. Um, I I love it. I think that's something that that gives me a lot of energy, and I enjoy managing people. I know it's not the case of of everybody, but I think that's how I get my energy with the exchange. And so I wouldn't trade that. Um, I like being involved and like feeling that I'm in control and having an impact. Right. So I think that to me is also something that I thrive on when I can see that our team is doing great. And, and that's the thing, the success of the team becomes your own success. Right. So I think that's um, something that I, yeah, that I enjoy. Um, What else are the benefits being, I guess, closer to what's happening at the high level of the business, feeling that you have a, a true impact and kind of make some of those decisions, I think is something that is rewarding. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of a lot of definitely benefits for people that feel like they want to do it, right? But they have to want to do the work. I think that's something that I haven't fully mentioned, but no one's get to like a certain place in an organization by mistake or, you know, like you... I think that's something I'm not promoting the hustle, you know, but at the same time, there's no magic, right? Like you have to put in the work. And I think that's something that's, yeah, you, you don't get there by, you know, chance. Um, so I think that's something that is quite important. You have to want it, have the drive, push yourself, keep learning so that you also stay in that place and don't feel that you become irrelevant as your team of experts bring something to you but i think it's also a misconception to feel that you have to know it all um especially as the team grows and you get very strong expert in your team that will know a certain part better than you ever will i'm quite a generalist so there's definitely a lot of experts that know much more than i do on specific part of marketing and yeah. that's okay you have to be you know okay with that <laughs> For sure, you can't. Yeah, we can't know everything, can we? I mean, there's so much to be to be marketing, but exactly. I like what you said just now. There's there's not so much luck involved to get to a position of this level. There's yeah. there's a lot of hard work. Could you give us an example, perhaps in your career, where maybe you feel that you worked your ass off, or you you did something that just I don't know, you're on the edge of burnout, something like that, and that that is although. A lot of anti-hustle culture might say, no, never do that. But you feel that's something you actually had to do in order to get where you are today? I think you have to, like, you have to prove yourself, right? Like, I think that's that's the thing. You have to kind of gain trust of the people who work with you, of the people who manage you. And it doesn't always have to come with a lot of hours of work. Mm but you have to be there and visible and present. I've okay. worked in my career in in global organization with across time zones. And if you decide 
that, yeah, you're never going to be working after six, for example. Well, if there is a meeting that is at seven or eight because you're talking to someone in, I don't know, Australia or San Francisco when you're in Europe and you, you just have to do it, right? Like, otherwise you miss out in some of those opportunities to be there and learn something and share your opinions. And it's just, yeah, it's just the nature, I think, of some of those global organizations. And I think the the work, um, as much as you try to kind of maybe condense it and only do certain hours, I think there's moments in time in a career where you just have to push it a bit more. Um, a critical moment, big change, um, you're on the verge of maybe getting a promotion you have to kind of show that you deserve it. You have to be visible, right? Like, and and um, know how to kind of share your achievement and it comes with working for it, right? Like, I, I think like it's, um, yeah, it's needed. I don't have like the, I, my career is not like the linear path to like becoming a VP of marketing or like, you know, I I didn't start in like a, my career in a, in a B2B tech company as a marketing coordinator or like a performance or I started my career in agencies. And so I think there's also a lot of different paths to get to where you want. And I didn't know 10 years ago that I wanted to be a VP of marketing in a tech company. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of different ways you can get to where you want to be and that and where you want to be might evolve with your career, right? I think I, I like this idea of a squiggly career. I don't know if you've heard that terms before there's a book on it where you're like especially now there's no more linear paths maybe in the age of our parents they did like a one thing but I think now we all go through phases and you might go back and forth and laterally and you know and that's also okay <laughs> there's no you know reason you just have to go up 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 oh for sure I can certainly resonate. I've I've done all kinds of sales jobs. I've came in left web design and SEO jobs. I almost joined the army. I've worked in call centers. I've, <laughs> I've nearly done it all, Gwen. So yeah. I, I can certainly relate. Um, good. So yeah, it'd be good to dive a bit deeper into kind of how you come about the, the VP of marketing role and perhaps any mistakes, any takeaways along the way, because you've ran your own business for a little while as well, right? If I was looking at LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about how you don't have to share every role, but some of those key <laughs> roles that you had perhaps up to the tipping point of where you thought, actually, I'm going to go for VP of marketing and maybe any any gems along the way that we can dive into. Yeah. So I think like I, um, I started my career in agencies and I always wanted to work with creative teams, right? Work with designers. And that's something that was always interested. And I started working with consumer brands. Um, and the agency life was really tough. I was in London and in Paris at the time. And at some point I made the decision of like no more agency. There was a lot of politics involved. There was like a lot of, yeah, I just didn't feel I wanted to do that. So I, that's when I left for San Francisco and I started my own business and I had a, um, a gallery. So like completely something completely different working with artists, promoting okay. artists. Um, so yeah, I didn't start my business in marketing. I was like, hey, I'm done with marketing. I, that's, yeah, I'm done with the well, agency life. You got out of it and did something completely opposite. Exactly. I, nice. I, you know, I followed my passion. They said like, you know, follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I don't believe that too much because I think <laughs> at that point when your passion becomes your 
job, I think somehow, somehow it becomes a little less of a passion and becomes a job. <laughs> so I think at, at that point, I love my times running a gallery, right, and running my business. But mm. that was also really hard work. And it was it was tough and it was just not um, compatible with like the, the balance, the, the work-life balance that I wanted at the time. Um, I had a baby and I was like, yeah, this is this is not going to be working uh, out because I had like a physical gallery. I was working weekends and evenings. Um, so again, like, you know, you, you, you cannot start your own business. I know there's a lot of like influencers and you can see on LinkedIn, yeah, start your own, go on your own and become a freelancers and you work half the time and make twice the money. Well, yeah, I don't believe that one minute. I think that's <laughs> right. And you can testify. It's, uh, it's not, it's not the truth, right? Like you, you have to work <laughs> to kind of succeed or you have to decide that success for you looks like something different than what society of ingrained i try to tell us it is it could be that you you work less and dedicate more time to your family but it's okay with the money you make and it's not that chasing this up 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 um role again so sorry i know i diverged but <laughs> that just came to mind um and yeah no so worries. i think at some point after the gallery i was in san francisco and um i decided okay i need to make money again and i found a job in a small B2B tech agency. And that was my first um, job in B2B rather than working with large consumer brand. And the agency was also 30 people, maybe a bit less, so very small company. And I realized that I really enjoy that and find a new a, a new passion, I guess, for, for B2B marketing and what like was happening there versus working with consumer brand. And at least a new interest or renewed interest in in marketing. Um, let's go. And, let's take one step yeah. back just before we carry on on the B two B route. Um, yeah. See so the art gallery. How long did you do that for, Gwen? Um, let me see. Maybe four years, or maybe a bit more. Um, between the time I yeah crafted the business, had the I had a physical and an online gallery. Um, and yeah, something like that. I can mm -hmm. imagine that was really hard work to to get customers into into an art gallery and and sell. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you were selling exactly. Your own <laughs> well, paintings, people's paintings. Uh, photography. Okay. My passion was in photography, so I was selling nice. um, uh, photos of global or international artists or artists from all around the world. Um, the gallery was in San Francisco, and um, and then I had a photo book, so I will do book signings and openings of shows and um it was it was a lot of hard work it was it was really fun I have like zero regret because I love working with artists um I love putting shows together I love the creative side of it um but yes in a way a gallery is also a shop and I think like the shop of owning a store <laughs> was maybe the part that I like last retail is really hard <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, it is. yes <laughs> so yeah oh, I, I can relate without talking about my, my own story too much my wife's uh assistant manager in a retail store i lasted in retail about six months i hated it so much i got out as soon as i could she's been doing it for like 20 years like so much respect for anyone in retail but with that yep. said there must have been some like running your own business must have given you some useful lessons going in the deep end 
trying mm-hmm. to attract customers, do your own marketing, do your own sales, keep everyone afloat, keep cash flow afloat, keep any staff afloat. That must have been yeah. giving you some really good takeaways that you're probably still using today, right? Yeah, exactly. I think like starting trying to do something for yourself with your own money, right? Like you measure risk in a very different different way. Um, and you also know that you have to spend money to make money, right? It's a bit of a cliche, but it's so true when you're a small entrepreneur. Yeah, you have to like get out there. You have to like um, do all the jobs that I'd want. And I think that multitasking, that kind of risk and responsibility and um, feeling that when you deal with company money, you look at it as if you were, if it was your own money. I think it's a really life lesson um, mm. to not kind of like overspend because you feel like, oh, yeah, it's okay. We have the budget, but also try to focus on, on what works and also be creative. I think that's something that I've always thought was, was interesting. I've always been on the creative side of, of marketing and doing things a bit differently, trying to stand out building a brand it's also something you need when you do your own business right and i think it's valuable lesson and that's why i continue being on that creative brand side of marketing um learning about your customers talking to them like all of those things and i think that's that was definitely a a good lesson we'll learn with my own business i think like looking back at it i probably didn't have the best product market fit um so i think it's yeah that was kind of an interesting learning right like how do you talk to customers and understand that there is a need and a desire for what you do well that's it not not tons of companies do right when they start out i mean often product market fit is adapted you think prospects have one problem then when you actually start selling it and go into market then you realize the problems change from what you initially thought um but no i appreciate you sharing that that story so moving forward got into b2b tech never look back yeah, exactly. Up until now, I think like I um, I really enjoyed it. I think there is like um, a great part on like helping B two B company. There's more complexity than selling. I don't know shampoo or you know, yeah. Um, so I think that's um, there's more more complexity there in some ways. I love learning about the new technology. Um, I like the variety. I was on the agency side. The variety of the tech companies who were working with and seeing the growth that they were going through. I think that was fascinating. Um, So I think it was like I got kind of inserted in this Silicon Valley atmosphere. Um, And that, yeah, that got to me and I really enjoyed that. And always with this kind of mission of seeing the value of creativity and brand in my previous jobs and career, how Mm. I could bring that to b2b right and like how i could start to really push that that or be that voice on like hey there's so much value in building a brand no matter who you are and if you're b2b company like you need to kind of have those brand those strong brands to stand out um and that's kind of what i've i've been on the mission to do i guess since (laughs) so yeah nice and so from b2b tech agency side to eventually where you are now and on the internal marketing team, how did that kind of transition come about? And when was the point, like what what did that job role start as to eventually think when the tipping point was when you thought, actually, I want to kind of go for yeah. kind of VP level? 
Yeah, I think at some point I was a bit, um, so I moved to Stockholm to open the office of the agency we had in San Francisco and open our European office there. Um, and again, that was a bit like starting my own business, except it wasn't fully my own, right? Like, um, but starting a business in a new location, selling, getting new clients, um, and it was it was tough. It was it was hard, and I enjoyed it very much. Learned a lot about the tech scene in in Europe and in Stockholm, and at some point decided I needed something new. It had been long enough at that company. And I really asked myself, should I just go for another agency role and do kind of almost the same, but a bit different? Or should I try to go on, on, the, on the dark side, <laughs> on the <laughs> client side? Um, and I felt it was the right time in my career to, to try something new and see if I liked it, right? It was the kind of the first time for me to go in-house. And um, I looked for the job. I was lucky enough to find a position at Cinch, um, and I started there. This was my, and that's why I'm still are almost three years in, my first kind of in-house role. Um, so I was, yeah, grateful for, you know, my manager who, who saw the potential in me, and I um, became, like, VP of marketing in that, in that company uh, and seen the team and the company grow very fast in the three years that I've been there. Um, so it's been interesting because I, I, I came in with like a, a small team and in three years, the team of, on my role, the team have changed, the marketing team have evolved a lot. So I kind of had a growth in my career because of the growth of the company. And I think that's a way that you can also become VP or grow, grow right in your career. It's like, if you tag along with people that are jumping and going through up the ladder, if you if you work well with them, they will bring you on their journey or um, starting a company that had the potential to grow and grow with it. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can, you can manage your career or jump companies, right? A lot of people do a lot of jumping around to get the next uh, level up. But again, I think it's asking yourself, are you doing it for the right reason? Because that's the role you want to, and that you think you're going to love that role or is it because it feels like it's the, thing to do to just go up but I think it's um interesting I think a lot of people get I feel like it's it's the right natural step but mm -hmm. might not end up being in a job that they love so were you a general manager before you became a VP was that right yes. or was it something else mm -hmm. okay. yeah exactly so I was general manager of the agency in Stockholm of the creative B2B tech agency. So I started the company there. I, I started a team. Um, I found the business um, and then I become VP. Yes. Got it. How mm -hmm. did you know that you were going to be good at managing people? Oh, and managing. Later. Yeah. And managing people. You never know until you try it. Right. Like, um, and honestly, I still don't know if I'm good at managing people. I'm kidding, but like I'm hoping I am. But <laughs> and and the thing is, like I think I'm also not good at managing every type of people, um, and probably not every type of people in different stage of their career, right? Like I'm, I'm maybe a bit of a hands-off boss, for example. So working with with very junior people might not be my best strains. <laughs> 
Um, so I think it's it, first you have to like try it, right? Because mm. we we're not really prepared for it, right? I think it's it's almost like you become really good at a job and then you become manager. But you might be really good at a job and not be good at a manager, right? Like um, sales is a really great example of that. Like the best salesman could be a terrible boss, but they could be a really good salesperson, right? Like, um, so I think it's a different job. And that's something that not everyone realized because we chase the next things up. But I think it's, you have to think about, do I want that role of like managing people? And then are you good at it or not? I think you have to self teach yourself on like what it means to be a good um, manager, what leadership mean. Um, I still, I'm still learning. I think like that's something that you don't stop learning about. And it takes a lot of self-awareness. Um, I think to, to kind of enjoy that leadership role and have empathy for people and, and know that you, you don't have to know everything to be a manager and it's okay. It's okay to admit that you don't, um, I like building relationship with the people I work with, regardless of if I'm managing them or like or not. I think it's it's how we can do things together and building collaborations. I think is something that makes good good managers. Appreciate you sharing it. I think that I'm very impatient, so I don't know if I've ever had the patience to manage a team. Although I've worked with small teams in terms of designers, developers, SEOs on our own team. I think that's something I'd struggle with, but it sounds like you've, you've got the patience of a god. So I think yeah, you... I don't know about that. I'm not a very <laughs> patient per- person, to be honest. Oh, really? But I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm, um, yeah, I like things to go fast, and I'm like, I'm not the most okay. patient. But I, um, I do really enjoy the collaboration when I see people growing and like. Um, working together to solve a problem. And and I think I see that as like, as a manager, you're still part of the team. You might make some of the decisions, but I think you're part of the team and you work together with the best, the best talent, leveraging all the people expertise. Um, that's a bit more way, the way I see it. But yeah, no, I'm not the most patient person. That's why maybe working with like some of the more junior marketers might not be my my strengths, but I think it's, it's like, um, yeah, being, yeah, enjoying that collaboration is essential and enjoying seeing people grow and how you can help them is something you need to, to embrace, right? You need to like that. Um, and I definitely love when I see people in the team grow and when they, when I can push themselves, I push myself a lot and I push others a lot and I think that's um also not maybe for everyone but um uh, yeah and I I think that's what you need as well when you're a manager right like being able to push people mm. you've got to get results right yeah I mean, exactly if, if you've got targets if you're not encouraging and helping mm-hmm. your team hit that yeah. like what's the point and there's there's different ways you can do it in a nice way I think that's the other thing that like um you not uh, every manager are the same and you can have some that are very directive and maybe like um and you can also do it in in a very collaborative way i think i wouldn't work in sweden i've definitely taught me different style of leadership um which i'm still embracing it's a very collaborative style 
um, which I think is is actually really good. You get the best of people when they're happy in their role, right? And um, rather than managing with fear or, you know, so I think that's something that I'm, I like embracing and find joy in. What do you think, what would you say were the two or three skills that you had to develop along the way in order to think you're ready to, to get a VP of marketing role and actually gain it? On that interview, for example, what you had with Cinch when you nailed it and secured the role. Um, I don't know if they're skills, um, but I think that I mentioned because skills to me are very much into the the or maybe soft skills, maybe more yeah, than I mean, like the hard call skills. Call right? it but learning. I, call it learning yeah, if you wish. Yeah, or... exactly. Um, I think the ability to make decisions um i think is is an important one right like the ability to make this decision fast and giving like a clear direction to a team um is something that you have to learn like managing up and this kind of like idea of learning again the business and i think it's something that i've learned is very important as well um collaboration and developing those those collaborative approach with people within the company so that actually people see the value and enjoy working with you. I know they're saying you don't, you don't want to be, you don't have to be someone that people like, but you have to be someone that people recognize, achieve things and make things happen. So it's like how you push yourself and push others to make things happen. Um, what are some of the other, other skills? I think like networking and visibility, I think is an important one for someone um, in-house as well. It's like learn to share somehow your achievement and you need to be visible to be considered. And I know it's a tough one because there's some amazing people that might never get that promotion or like, because they don't, they're not good at networking. It's a, it's a tough one because I think like you would want to, to promote the best people and some that are more introvert might not be a, as good at like networking and and promoting themselves but i think it's something that is quite important mm. last one before we wrap things up and talk about what what's working for marketing today to drive pipeline at cinch for the actual interview itself i'd imagine that's pretty tough i've never never interviewed to be a vp myself i'd imagine <laughs> that's i'd imagine several rounds quite competitive going against a lot of other people quite a lot of stuff to present answer <laughs> What was yours so, like? Was it tough? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I joke that I I a bit fell between the cracks. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> the um, I will say yes in general. Yes, and some of my colleagues who started at the same time, they had like um, really a lot of different interviews and presenting stuff and going through a lot of different rounds. I um, took a risk when I went from. Uh, from I went from the agency to in-house where I came in as a replacement of someone on maternity leave. So I took on a replacement job that was, I think, a year. Um, so because it was like a contract job, um, I didn't have to go through the same level of interviewing. And I had um, obviously some interview with a CMO and then some interview with the person that I was going to replace. And um, we headed on straight away. And I had like, I had some 
relationship or some discussion with this company before when I was on the agency side, they were a prospect of mine. So I had started to develop some, I had started to know some people in the company before I had never managed to get them as a client, (laughs) but they were still a prospect. So they, they had seen me, I think like presenting with the agency. And then I had a couple of interviews and it was for a contract. So I didn't go through a very tough process, but after the year of um, uh, contract, they they kept me on. So I guess I did prove myself on the job rather than through a lot of interviews. So in like a way, it. I got it like, you know, again, there's not one path. There's a lot of different ways. Would have had the same type of job, you know, now if I had applied, you know, for a VP of role and go through all those interviews, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I will never know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I like the tip. In in short, we're saying don't go in cold. Go for, uh, if you can, build a warmer relationship before you need to go to the interview. So that, it's almost a hack, right, isn't it? Because you you'd know, you knew contacts there. They trusted you. They knew you. They probably yeah. connected you on LinkedIn, seen your content, hey, all that good stuff. Exactly, 100%. And I think that's like what's, what LinkedIn is about as well, right? And I think... Um, when you look today, right, at all of those jobs out there and the market is quite hard and there's a lot of marketers looking for jobs and there's basically so many people applying to any marketing job, I don't know, hundreds of people, um, I'm not sure it works until you re- un- unless you really have some relationships with people in the company. And the networking to me is, is essential, knowing someone there. Um, and that's why LinkedIn plays a role, right, for job seekers. Love it. Appreciate you sharing. Last off, let's let's wrap this thing up, Gwen. Um, just curious to know, you run the, the VP marketing and brand side. What is working right now? We're recording this 2024. What's working well for Cinch from a brand marketing perspective? So from a brand marketing perspective, we are looking into re, revamping some of our programs right now. But I think some of the tests we've done uh, from last year i guess i will pick two things um mm. one is working with subject matter experts um and working building the brands through the people in the company so i think that's something that i really believe in it's like okay. how you use those experts and you help them build their own brand and their own kind of sharing that expertise and you build your brand awareness through them um, so I think that's something that I believe in to call it like employee advocacy, but not like the can LinkedIn post that you share with the entire company that they go and repost, right? Like working with some of those experts or your C-level, right? Like your exec team to have them build that sole leadership and uh, gain the trust of, of the market through through them. I think that's something to me that is important that all companies even b2b definitely can should do um that's one and then the second one i think is thinking about um integrated campaigns or integrated series like i think those are two ways like not thinking about marketing as like random acts of individual tactics but how things come together so either building an integrated campaigns or integrated program that have a lot of pieces into it from brand perspective to, you know, the different stage of the 
of the funnel, how you build content that took to each other and that you can take people on a journey, but that feels integrated or making series, right? Serializing, I think your, your content, whether it's like a, a podcast or even written content series or like video series, I think like how you, you build things uh, over time and how things can need to work together to be um, effective. Love it. Awesome stuff. Gwen, thank you very much. It's been an enjoyable episode. Appreciate you candidly sharing everything across your journey, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what's worked well (laughs) when it comes to progressing to a VP of marketing. So thanks once again. Um, We will put a link to Cinch below in the description. Apart from that, where else can everyone else connect with you, learn from you, anything you want to share? Yeah, on LinkedIn. I'm uh, pretty active, I guess, there. And you can definitely um, find me and um, connect with me, message me. I'll I'll get two messages <laughs> eventually. Um, and yeah, I, I love networking and I love definitely like meeting new people in the space and exchanging ideas. So um, thanks again for, for having me. And um, yeah, happy to keep connecting with um, people that are listening to your show. Awesome. Good stuff. We'll put a link to Gwen's LinkedIn as well below in the description. And there we go. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, a quick rating or review goes a long way. And if you want to check out the daily newsletter, previous episodes or apply to work with us, head over to samdunning.org. Appreciate you tuning in and catch you on the next one.